City. Live from Studio C. C. Senor. Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey there, everybody. Kick off a brand new week. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Legislators on the run. Not only the Texicans, but now Lindsey Graham is threatening to, to, to flee the capital of the country with the Republican senators. I love it. We need more of it. I assume that was a joke. I, I don't know. I don't know that it was. Really? I just assumed it was a joke. I, he didn't sound like he was joking. And, and I would just absolutely love it, although obviously this is something that needs to end. Because I just want to hear the media trip all over themselves explaining why the Texas maneuver was a brave and honorable thing to do, whereas Lindsey Graham and the Republicans were the un-American cowards and should get back and do their jobs. So we got a variety of things we need to talk about, but uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, July 19th. We're running out of July, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this forthcoming program. Well, let's begin that officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. Man, it, 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 it just, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm mad. They got us working 84 hours a week in this thing. All right? Do it look like my shoes can hold my fat ass for 84 hours? <laughs> I can relate, sir. Ah, boy. What uh, industry was he in there, Alex? I believe he was in the Frito-Lay chip industry, sir. Gotcha. Oh, that was the story we brought you last week, the the work stoppage at the Frito-Lay plant, because they're working their folks too hard. Too much demand. Y'all sitting around on your couch eating chips. Yeah, and I've come across this story several places where the people that are showing up to jobs are just working like crazy, because there are so many people that aren't showing up for jobs, because they're getting enough stimulus money they don't need to go in, so... It's not good on either end because you got disgruntled, overworked people that are showing up, and uh, that'll pay up. There'll be a price to pay for that. And then, you know, the crowd that's not showing up. So I don't know how we fix that. And in the case of any sort of retail environment, including food service, you have uh, edgy customers who are ready to lash out at the least provocation. Yikes! Everybody needs to just take a Prozac or a shot of Jack Daniels or something and just mellow out a bit. A shot of Jack Daniels and mellow out. Maybe one of those uh, edible gummy bear uh, pop things. I wouldn't know about that. I'm not a drug fiend. Um, my local airport, my son flew to Austin, Texas for the week. He's visiting a friend. It's his first ever solo trip. I never went on a solo trip as a kid, but a buddy of his moved to Texas, like so many are doing from California. And uh, so we thought we'd send him out there to visit. And I went to the airport yesterday. I got there 90 minutes early, which is unlike me, but I got there 90 minutes and barely made the flight, running as fast as we could, almost the last person on the plane. Really? 90 minutes, yeah. I've never seen anything like that, and uh, apparently it was that way uh, talking to uh, the other mom on the other end in Austin. It's just the travel thing is out of control. I don't know if just everybody's decided, that's it! After a year ago, but I gotta go somewhere, or what? I can't stay here another minute. So was it ginormous uh, lines at security? Uh, all everything, everything was. Uh, a part part of it might be the customer service thing. Maybe they're also having problems with the whole we don't have enough employees. You know, like we were talking last week about restaurants. Customer services at restaurants is is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Um, uh, got another wrong order over the weekend. It's just it's. I've had more wrong orders or things not show up 
um, for food than I've ever had in my life. So everybody's struggling with not enough employees, and then you know, customers get on. But anyway, so there's some of that going on at the airport, I think, and then security was just insane. But um, uh, people, the hotel I stayed at over Fourth of July, I'd never experienced this in my life. If you went to get on the elevator in the lobby, you had to stand in line for a good couple of minutes before you could get on the elevator. I've never stood on line for an elevator in my life, and you had to every single time you got on the elevator. Well, unless there's some sort of slacker elevator operator, old-timey style, it's, it's just got to be sheer numbers of humans, right? I, I guess, but just everything is so dang crowded. Traffic wow. where I live, I don't know if it's this way around the country, traffic is the worst of, in the 25 years I've lived in the same area. Traffic is the worst it's ever been. Wow. So I I think everybody's just like out and about and doing things because of uh, being locked down for so long, I guess. I guess that's what's going on. Yeah, I remember thinking, I probably said out loud. In fact, I did say out loud during uh, the height of the COVID uh, mess that there was some uh, demand that would be deferred. Uh-huh. Like, you know, th- some things that people would go ahead and buy later or do later. I didn't think travel would bounce back with a vengeance. Like, uh, people are traveling extra to make up for lost time. It would seem. Yeah, it would seem. By the way, I'll have to get to this later. In an article that I came across, the COVID was the greatest transfer of wealth from small business to large businesses of the hist- history of capitalism in that hundreds of thousands of small businesses had to be closed, many of which went out of business while Target, Walmart, and Amazon set records. Coronavirus! Because couldn't, people couldn't buy their stuff anywhere but Walmart, Target, and Amazon. So they had record profits. But small businesses all across the country, many of them selling the same stuff, uh, weren't allowed to be open. And Well, uh, they weren't essential, according to the government. <laughs> right, so that that's pretty interesting. I'd never really thought about it that, that clearly, but that's, cle- that's absolutely what happened. And and uh, we said it at the time. They could not say, look, we'll keep everybody safe. We know how. We have the capabilities. Everybody's going to be fine. No, you're not essential, according to bureaucrats. So close. There's your family fortune. There's your dreams. There's years of effort down the tubes. But that's your problem. Olympics. You should get a government job. The Olympics start this week, and everybody's excited. No, I'm sorry. I misheard that. Uh, nobody seems to be excited. But maybe we'll get excited once they start. I just found out that they're giving the Olympic athletes cardboard beds to discourage uh, the old two-person sport. What? If you know what I mean. Yes. They've intentionally given them flimsy-ish beds so they wouldn't engage in the two-person mattress vault. Because if that happens, what? They'd spread the COVID, you fool. It's all about the COVID. Everything's the COVID. All the time, the COVID. It's a COVID thing? (laughs) That's what's being alleged. Really? Well, that's what's being alleged. Hmm. I'm not sure I'd buy it 100%. A couple of our gymnasts got the COVID. We've had a basketball player leave the team with the COVID, so that might play a role. I don't know if they Mm -hmm. were vaccinated or not. Still, dang near 100% of people hospitalized and uh, dying uh, of COVID. It's uh, unvaccinated people currently in America. Almost 100%. So, I feel like uh, you, you made that choice, and I'm fine with that. You're fine with that. So, everybody, yeah. What are you going to do? Let's go about our lives. But, yeah. you know, as we were discussing last week, you can't ask the vaccinated many to alter their lives too significantly to protect the unvaccinated. I was watching MSNBC. It just doesn't make sense. I was watching MSNBC this morning, Morning Joe and Mika Brzezinski, who's always exasperated and, and horrified by what's going on in the world, uh, was horrified that the people who are the least concerned about COVID are the people that are the most likely to not get vaccinated and get the Delta variant. 
I'm concerned, and they're not. Yeah, that's right. The people that aren't getting vaccinated are not getting vaccinated because they're not concerned. It's mostly young, healthy people that think, if I get it, I'll hardly even notice I have it. So I'm not worried about it. There's a significant chunk as well of people who've had the COVID and have natural immunity. So they're thinking, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother. Mm. Why do you want me to even? You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot over the weekend for some reason. The, uh, I read a, a piece in, I think it was the New York Times about how Arkansas is, uh, under vaccinated and they're, they're having a, a rise in cases and, and sicknesses and deaths and the rest of it. And, uh, you know, and, and we've made it clear. I mean, we've both gotten the vaccine. I couldn't wait. Uh, my friends, my, my sweet wife, uh, everybody I know virtually has gotten the vaccine. My doctor friends say, oh yeah, go ahead and get it. I got it. I think it's fine. Uh, but I'm thinking about the past several years, four or five, six years where people have been systematically, repeatedly for years at a time lied to by the major media that are telling them how important it is to get vaccinated and how safe the vaccine is. They've been lied to by the federal government. They've been lied to by Big Pharma over and over again. And they've become, uh, why don't we just say, extremely skeptical about any word that comes from any of those bodies. Dr. Fauci, the early misinformation, all of it. They just, they've had enough. They know there are, they've heard there are risks to the vaccine and they think, I can't believe a word you people say. So I'm not getting it. I have made a different decision, but I understand. Um, we got mailbag coming up. Uh, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. You cannot see, uh, obviously, because we're on the radio. I rarely wear Hawaiian shirts, but I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt because I think it's particularly interesting. I bought it at the CVS pharmacy. For five dollars, wow! <laughs> Another in a uh, years-long series of, of bargain shirts you bought at grocery stores, buying auto it, parts stores, wherever yes, they're for sale. Buying at places where they don't normally sell clothes, and they just for some reason have some hanging around, and one is in my size, so I went ahead and bought it. So. It's <laughs> uh, it's it's very restrained. It's it's tasteful. It's a dark brown with various earth tone shades. Five dollars. Hmm. Well, you got your money's worth. <laughs> I mean, if it falls apart at noon, you got your money's worth. That's true. That's I mean, true. if I found myself shirtless and somebody said, I'll rent you a shirt for half a day for $5, I'd say, hell yeah, <laughs> I'm in. So you've, you've done well. <laughs> Can anybody beat that for a new piece of clothing? Text line 415-295-KFTC. I don't think you can beat that for a new piece of clothing. That's pretty cheap. How does mailbag look coming up? It's really good. I was thinking of fashioning some sort of segment entitled, I don't know, mail, Mailbag All-Stars. Oh, or wow. We have some cool. great stuff. Yeah. And uh, kind of the story that's breaking just before we came on the air, the Biden administration is officially accusing China of hacking into a variety of things here in the United States. Right. So uh, it's on on that front, which is good. But, um, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a new thing. We'll bring you all the details on that and other stuff on the way. Again, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. It's being called significant action by the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration has taken against Chinese hackers. When I think hacking, I think Russians, but this is uh, Chinese hackers and particularly involved with the Chinese government. More details on that coming up. Of course, they're really big on stealing stuff. That's the thing. Uh, not not for-profit uh, 
ransomware hacks, but stealing intellectual property. That's what China's into. Now, come on, China! And I would like to pose the question and offer a possible answer. Um, Is the prediction of the inevitable rise of China reminiscent of the uh, near-unanimous praising of the Japanese model back in the 80s, 90s, just before the Japanese economy collapsed and they're revealed to be kind of a house of cards. Uh, So stay with us for that, won't you? Your freedom-loving quote of the day. I was going to move on from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, but I was actually in the the process of closing the tab when I came across uh, the tab on my browser, when I came across this quote. Now, you may not know this about uh, Solzhenitsyn, but once he got out of the gulag, he actually uh, fled the Soviet Union and and traveled the West for a while. I don't recall the specific dates or anything, but then he, as a outsider, uh, much like de Tocqueville, he offered us comments. And uh, he said this, without any censorship in the West, fashionable trends of thought and ideas are carefully separated from those which are not fashionable. Nothing is forbidden, but what is not fashionable will hardly ever find its way into periodicals or books or be heard in colleges. Legally, your researchers are free, but they are conditioned by the fashion of the day. Hmm. How true is that? Yeah, no kidding. Well said, Alex. Speaking speaking of... Speaking okay. of things that are fashionable to say, North Korea is warning young people not to use slang from South Korea. South Korea. We'll give you some of the examples of South Korean slang that is against the law in North Korea. Well, if it's in Korean, that won't do me much good. Or do we have translations? We have translations. I don't speak okay. Korean. <laughs> well, that's what I was pointing out. So he's received a very interesting uh, email from Al Anonymous on a couple of topics. Uh, and, and this gent was highly placed in federal law enforcement. We were talking about the plot to gov- uh, kidnap Governor Whitmer, and we both questioned through the years, uh, soft heads that were it not for the FBI, these type of people wouldn't have had the idea to commit crimes, and where's the line of entrapment? He says, having worked in undercover capacity for years in both the terrorism and child exploitation worlds, that doesn't really happen. Long story short, entrapment is the automatic defense in these cases and has not been successful. The subject must show a predisposition to the crime and to be charged must show an affirmative step in committing the crime. There are so many people in the various dark corners of the Internet. The individual has to go pretty far past the line to rise above the noise and become a target. In short, they are not hapless stooges who are convinced to attempt a crime, but criminally-minded individuals whose behavior brought them to the attention of law enforcement. Yeah, a In other of, words, the, 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 the idiot with a big mouth, there are so many of those, they'd never get the attention of law enforcement. You have a couple of numbnuts who are doing that very thing and live not far from me that were arrested over the weekend that were planning to blow up a federal building in Sacramento, California. They got national attention. We'll tell you more about that. But there was one other one of those. The FBI got into the into the plan somehow. And uh, on the topic of cyber attacks, Jack especially often asks if the U.S. is any good at cyber and why the Russians, Chinese, Iranians, etc. have so much success. Short answer, the U.S. is very good in this area, but also very good at not advertising the successes. As to why ransom attacks like the Colonial Pipeline happen, A, the bad guys are very talented and fully resourced. B, unlike our adversaries, the overwhelming majority of our infrastructure is privately owned. Cyber defense is a business decision over which the government has no authority, and some companies are much better at it than others. Uh, Thank you for the info there, Al. We appreciate it. I've been making the point, I think us keeping it a secret how good we are at this is working against us. I think we ought to make it uh, more obvious to the world that we're good at it. 
I wonder. I, I wonder whether the people who need to know know it already. But judging by their actions, they don't. Interesting. We'll discuss that more, I'm sure. Why the Dems are all in for Jim Crow on steroids and that sort of talk might be an oversimplification, Rice JT. Uh, but they've overplayed their hand because they have almost nothing left. Think about the giant issues of our time, the big traditional money-raising issues that the left can reliably fall back on. For example, abortion, gun control, global warming, free health care, gay rights, LGBTQ rights, and Trump. The vast majority of the left base just doesn't get motivated by these issues as much as they did in the past. Many of the issues have been won by the left, like gay marriage, and others just not gaining traction by the rank and file like they used to, and Trump is mostly out of the picture, so... It's a new hook. It's a new whip-your-people-up uh, topic. So Biden uh, administration spanking China over hacking, North Korea making South Korean slang illegal, a bunch of different things that we're going to talk about. Stay with us, won't you? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody offered me $6 for my $5 shirt. So wow. I could turn a profit on that. I asked if anybody could do better than getting a, a shirt for $6 at the local CVS. I don't even know why they had shirts. They had two left. A small and a large. I bought the large. Uh, somebody said I spent $5 for or 99 cents for a Hawaiian shirt at Albertsons when it was going out of nice. business. Why do the grocery stores every now and then have sh- shirts for sale? I don't know why. How do they ever end up with them? Pineapple uh, supplier throw them in occasionally? I don't know. I uh, got my house graffitied over the weekend. Got my bike stolen over the weekend. Unfortunate, Holy cow. Unfortunate situation. Those are unrelated, but uh, just part of the deteriorating culture all across America, I think. I, uh, I, I, I tie it all together. More on that later. The United States has formally accused China of hacking Microsoft. This is a pretty big deal. The Biden administration today formally accused the Chinese government of breaching Microsoft's email systems used by many of the world's largest companies all over the world. And the United States joined a broad group of allies, including all NATO members, to condemn Beijing for cyber attacks. The United States accused China for the first time of paying criminal groups to, to conduct large-scale hacking, hackings and ransomware attacks. So we're saying that the Chinese government is paying these people to hack our stuff and do the whole ransomware thing. We had our eyes on Russia. Well, I suggest we put one eye on each and then our third eye on the Iranians. But, uh, yeah, this this is uh, completely unsurprising. If Chairman Xi were uh, on the line, he'd say, yeah, we're going to use every single means we have to weaken you and steal from you and screw with you. This announcement today was... While we take your money. This announcement today was the first suggestion that the Chinese government was hiring criminal groups to hack tens of thousands of computers and networks around the world, uh, costing the private sector a lot of money, as Joe just mentioned. Secretary of State Anthony J. Blinken, A. Blinken, uh, said in a statement today that China's Ministry of State Security has fostered an ecosystem of criminal contract hackers who carry out both state-sponsored activities and cybercrime for their own financial gain. These contract hackers cost governments and businesses billions of dollars in stolen intellectual property, ransom payments, and cybersecurity mitigation efforts, all while on the government payroll in China. 
it's an interesting economic structure that we talked about. I can't remember who wrote so brilliantly about this, but we were quoting them that the uh, the maligned governments, Russia and China, for instance, they're the venture capitalists for this sort of thing. And if you're a really talented uh, hacker or a group of hackers, but you need money for gear and that sort of thing, they will stake you. And you can then do your ransomware attacks. You probably split it with the evil dictator. Uh, but you get paid, they get paid, and, and they can, uh, you know, they have that one step away plausible deniability about the damage that's being done to Western, you know, interests. A little more on this. Condemnation from NATO and the European Union is unusual because most of their member countries have been deeply reluctant to publicly criticize China, a major trading partner. But even Germany, whose companies were hit hard by the hacking, of the Microsoft Exchange, uh, cited the Chinese government for its work. So uh, the Biden administration behind the scenes pulling together the NATO countries to join in this condemnation of the Chinese government. We'll see if it does any good whatsoever. So I was reading about this the other day, and I thought you might find it interesting. Everybody's predicting that China will pass the U.S. as the biggest economy on Earth by 2030 or whatever. You know, different people throw out different numbers, but... Uh, this piece uh, written by, who is this written by? It's really good. I'll tell you later. But the nightmare scenario for Xi is that China could follow the same trajectory as Japan, also touted as a potential challenger to the U.S. before it crashed three decades ago. combination of reform failure, international isolation, and financial crisis could halt China before it reaches the top. It's also worth mentioning, mentioning that China's official GDP data is almost certainly exaggerated. And so they have a bigger gap than it appears. And then they go into some technical stuff about the three factors that determine an economy's growth rate. That's a workforce, uh, capital stock, everything from factories to transport infrastructure to communications networks. And finally, there's productivity or how effectively those first two can be combined. And in each of those areas, China faces an uncertain future at best. Like their workforce, they have a demographic nightmare going on, thanks to their long-time one-child policy. Nobody's having kids. And if fertility stays low, it's projected to shrink by more than 260 million people in the next 30 years. And and they mentioned that China's trying to, they've raised the limits and they're encouraging people. And they quote a young Chinese worker who says, the reason I haven't bought three Rolls Royces is not because the government wouldn't let me. In other words, saying children are expensive and, 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 you know, challenging. And I'm just, uh, they don't have a culture of having big families. In fact, they hardly have a culture of having families at all. And it takes a long time to turn that sort of thing. Hmm. Then they mentioned the outlook for capital spending isn't quite so bleak, although they've overbuilt and there are ghost towns full of empty buildings, six lane highways. So it's not clear if they need more anytime soon. And then they get to the key part. All of China's rise over the last 40 years or so has been with the full, enthusiastic cooperation of the world economic community, particularly the Western democracies. That is changing rapidly, including and, and notably, including for a long time, it, it, turning a blind eye to them stealing billions of dollars worth of intellectual property. They would steal all this stuff and we'd just let them because we thought it was in our best interest somehow. God, what a dumb idea that was. But uh, now, at least, we're calling them out whenever they do it. Right. You know, it's like I'm running a car dealership, and this guy comes in, he buys a lot of cars, but every time he's in there, he steals, you know, a photocopier or something like that. It's barely worth it, but we keep doing business because he buys so many cars. 
But they point out uh, global ties are starting to fray. Recent Pew survey found 76% of Americans had an unfavorable opinion of China. It's a record high. And then they aren't alone. The blame over the origins of COVID, mounting concerns about human rights in Xinjiang, uh, Hong Kong's draconian national security law have all helped darken the global view of China's rise. And if ties with the U.S. and its allies continue to fray, the cross-border flow of ideas and innovations that they steal so much is going to begin to dry up. So it'll be interesting to watch. But China's uh, rocket fuel is starting to be withheld appropriately by the West because we finally figured out their game. I was just reading a scholarly paper by this gal who used to teach at their indoctrination university, and she ended up defecting to the West. And she said, "What? Uh, who was the guy who wrote the 100-year the marathon? I don't uh, remember his name. Herman Melville. That's right. Um, but he was talking about Michael how naive. Pillsbury. Michael Pillsbury. Yeah, he was uh, with the Nixon administration when they opened China. And was uh, briefly in the bakery business. They called him the doughboy. But anyway, uh, he pointed out how naive we've been. She said the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. China has been smiling at you, but 100% planning to stab you in the back. It has nothing to do with friendship. We're just using you. So... I think everybody's hip to that. Nixon did not open. Funny, one of the biggest pieces of American political history has been wrong for half a century. Nixon didn't open China. They lured us in. (laughs) It's completely wrong. We were wrong all these years. Anyway, that's one story. Uh, I got my bike stolen over the weekend, which uh, was really annoying to me. It was a very expensive bike, and I really liked it. I bought it used on eBay, so I didn't pay the full price for it, but it was still a very expensive bike. And um, I grew up, uh, I'd never heard of locking a bike until I was in my mid to late 20s. I grew up uh, in a town where people rode bikes around and never locked them. Then even when I went to college in a different town, nobody locked their bikes. I never saw a bike really? lock in my wow. life. Heck no. Heck wow. no. That's great. Just, just unthinkable. I left my motorcycle helmet on my motorcycle my whole life. Until I was like 25 um, and moved to a big city. It's just, just crime is so, so cultural. Mm-hmm. It's so much about culture. And we have now created a culture in this country uh, where we're working on creating a new crime culture. We're going backwards, as we all know. It's why 75% of Americans believe crime is on a rise and a majority of Americans think crime is on the rise where they live. Um, where uh, we've turned a blind eye to uh, petty theft and everything like that, and now the culture's turned around. But anyway, I was very disappointed. Went to the swimming, swimming pool for the first time this year with the kids. We all rode our bikes over there, which is kind of a fun family thing to do. I even locked them up, and uh, somebody who knows bikes spotted my bike, somehow apparently unlocked my lock, took my bike, and left my kids' bikes there. Didn't even take my kids' bikes. So somebody was looking for high-end bikes. They unlocked the lock? They didn't they cut must it or have, anything? They must have, because the, the ki- when I got back, after we got done swimming, my kids' bikes were still locked up with the same lock. And my bike was gone. That's odd. Yeah, it is. And then I talked to a buddy of mine who said, oh, those bike locks? He said, look at YouTube videos. He said, me and my daughter did this for fun weekend. One weekend, we went over YouTube videos. You can learn how to pick one of those bike locks. Most of them are easy to pick couple of tiny little tools that you can buy and almost anybody said it's, it's it's kind of a fun project to learn how to open all those things up wow i had no idea yeah so it turns out bike locks are like most locks and security that we all have it makes us feel better about ourselves it, it's a tiny barrier 
It's like roots out probably the bottom tier of opportunists. Yeah, mo- most people don't know that the average door can be kicked in by a medium-sized man. And you feel like you're safe when you put your little hook lock on it or whatever. Apparently, bike yeah. locks are the same thing. Anyway, it was very disappointing to me. And so I went around to bike stores and stuff like that and asked what happens to him. And he says usually they get they take him out of town. Uh, they got to swap them into a different town. And it's interesting to me that there's a cross section of people that know high end bikes and are willing to steal. Unless they're just bike thieves. I mean, they're not like bike enthusiasts. Maybe sure, it's their business. They're just thieves. How much mm-hmm. money could you make off of that? I mean, it seems like it would be so much work to travel around towns trying to spot bikes and then turn them. I'm guessing for, you know, not getting near what you should out of them. Um, if you put that much effort with all the help wanted out there, if you put that much effort into a real job, you wouldn't have to look over your shoulder all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Although they probably, especially in your blue states, have figured out that the risks are incredibly low. And even if they get caught, what are you going to bust them for a single bike? I mean, my, my I bought a, a really expensive mountain bike used, and so at this point. Uh, even a public defender could argue it's a misdemeanor to steal it. It's probably worth a thousand bucks or, or 1500, but they could say it's 950. And so th- there's no risk. Yeah. They get essentially a ticket. And if you, if you go around, they know the brands, it's their business. And, uh, and, and you steal, I don't know, say, uh, 10 bikes a day worth 500 to a thousand dollars. That's a pretty good paycheck. Yeah. You're right about that, though. And part of the contributing to the culture, part of it is just, uh, well, it all fits together. But the fact that you're, if you get caught in the act, if I caught, if I walked out while they were stealing my bike, almost certainly nothing would have happened to them. Well, so what's the risk involved? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think every, every public pool, every library, every park where bikes are stolen ought to hire a couple of burly guys with ball bats. And they find somebody stealing a bike, they break both their arms. Hey, uh, good news, you're not going to have to sign any forms because we're not going to charge you. But you come back again, we're going to break your arms on sight. All right, have a good day. Bye. And then I go inside to the swimming pool and tell them what happened. And I said, you see, you got, my, my son noticed you got cameras out there. Do you have that footage? He said, yeah, they're not hooked up to anything. <laughs> There's a shot. I said, well, those, they aren't really doing much then, are they? Security uh, theater. Yeah, I'd never even thought about that. If I had caught the guy in the act of stealing my bike and called the police, I don't even know if they'd have showed up. And if they had, uh, it would, wouldn't have been much of a crime. So, Right. You know, what, oh, yeah, you could have stood there and talked to the guy. You say, go ahead. And then the other end of the annoyance of this whole thing is there's such a bike shortage, just like there's a shortage of everything. I was shopping for bikes over the weekend. There's practically hardly any bikes in the whole, whole country. I mentioned this stuff a couple of times. We uh, told my son we were going to get him a, a bike for his uh, uh, for Christmas. That was many months ago. There are hard, there's like three kids' bikes in the entire United States. Every wow. bike shop in the country is waiting for bikes to trickle in one by one, and they're usually spoken for by the time they get there. And everything oh. is like that. I got a garage full of bikes. I got to see what I can oh, get. Oh yeah, used bikes are just like used cars are at a premium right now. Huh. Hmm. Anyway, my greed bone just started humming. Um. What did you choose? Or something we were going to talk about when we come back here? My nah, memory's faulty. Remember. Oh, the uh, cardboard beds at the Olympic Village, designed <laughs> to uh, to uh, discourage the old uh, two-person trampoline. What? What? That's old, is that? Uh, the old pole vault, if you hear me talking. No, I don't hear you talking. What's what, Why are they worried about that? Well, we'll get into the, the Olympic stuff coming up. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. 
Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, and I've been looking on Craigslist. The problem is I'm not on Facebook, and I'm not going to get on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook, you can't use Facebook Marketplace, which many people have told me has uh, has displaced Craigslist as the most as the best place to sell and buy stuff. Which I got a couple of things to buy and sell, vehicles and that sort of thing. And uh, I don't know, I don't want to get on Facebook. But anyway, uh, our executive producer Hanson was looking for my bike on Facebook Marketplace and said he came across a lot of. Handmade bikinis from prison wenches? That's a thing? Prison woman bikinis? <laughs> I don't know anything about Are that. they uh, worn? Is that a, like a, a perv thing? I don't know. What is wrong with people? Huh. That's odd. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, pleasures of the flesh, there is a, a rumor, there is a belief among the Olympic athletes that the beds in Tokyo are designed to discourage the uh, you know the two person mattress gymnastics um because they're they're definitely afraid of uh, not only spreading you know the the gobbledygook but also uh the covid they don't want a covid outbreak so there are strict rules in place blah 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 even though there've already there've already been outbreaks i guess in the olympic village and some athletes have been sent home and the rest of it which is tragic i mean it's so tragic you're 23 years old. You're in magnificent physical shape. You don't even have the sniffles. Then they say, now you got a virus. You got to go. Get, get to vaccinated. Are these people that were vaccinated that are testing positive? Uh, again, it could be people who are fully vaccinated. But at the moment they're tested, yeah, there's a little of the virus in them because it's everywhere. Anyway, uh, the uh, Olympians themselves, though, uh, did some in-room tests to see how these beds hold up under pressure. And they're starting to think, no, it's not true. These beds are made of cardboard. The the not the uh, the mattress. The mattress is a mattress, but the the entire structure of the bed is like folded corrugated cardboard. Um, evidently, so they could be manufactured by the thousands, then quickly disposed of, which is actually a pretty good idea. But uh, you got various uh, gymnasts bouncing up and down on them, saying they seem to be sturdy enough. And then uh, some of the long-distance runners are saying, are you kidding? You could get four of us on one of these things. We all weigh about 80 pounds, and they would hold up <laughs> just fine. In uh, also in other sexy Olympian news, the Japanese are uh, carrying out the tradition of handing out condoms for the Olympians. But uh, they say that uh, you're not supposed to use them here. You're supposed to bring them home uh, to enhance sex education in your home country. <laughs> Why do you bother saying stuff like that? I don't know. I'm 22. I'm gorgeous. You're 22. You're gorgeous. We're both a little, I don't know, aroused. But then I say, wait a minute, sweetheart. Although I appreciate it, I'm flattered, I'm remembering that the Japanese Olympic Committee asked us to refrain until we get home. So thanks anyway. Let's go to bed. So the opening ceremonies are this Friday for the Olympics, as Tokyo is having the worst COVID they've had since this whole pandemic started, which is weird. That's why there'll be no fans in the stands. Some of the events start early. Some of the events nobody's going to watch. Archery and rowing, for instance, get going early, and you know nobody was going to watch that anyway, so. Yeah, disappointing. 
I've watched the rowing occasionally. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I've watched the rowing a fair amount now that I've But probably about. like finals and stuff, probably not preliminary. Uh, all eyes will be on weightlifting when it gets going because it is a, a certainty now that that formerly a dude, now a woman, is going to be competing as a woman in the female weightlifting. Boy, and a former Olympian weightlifter gal uh, has just blasted that decision. We'll uh, We'll bring that to you next hour. I know I got to Google exactly when I can watch or how I can watch the skateboarding because my son is very excited that that is a um, a sport this year. Um, which I'll bet it'll be super cool. Oh, I'll bet it'll be amazing. I don't, I don't, I watch good skateboarders and I'm just flummoxed. I don't understand how they can do that. Yeah, it, it, that it, that ought to be a, a for real event. It's just a, like a, 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 a temporary preliminary. Test exhibition, event, but, yeah, but there are, there are other events. I mean, it's it's as much gymnastics as any other gymnastics. So, anyway, the Olympics get going on Friday, and it'll be uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out with all the COVID around. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.